Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Somebody get on your feet and give the Lord the ovation of the day. Come on. Is there anyone in this room today, if you would stand for the reading of God's word, that's my custom. But if there's anyone here today, do you really believe that Jesus is alive? Today is the apex, precious. It's the crown jewel of our faith. The tomb is empty. Our Messiah lives. Throughout history, there's been many wannabe messiahs. There's been many who thought they were the Messiah. There was 400 in the time of Christ alone. But let me tell you something about their tombs. Buddha's tomb is occupied. Muhammad's tomb, occupied. Every wannabe Messiah, they died never to rise again. But let me tell you about our Savior. I said, let me tell you about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is alive, never gonna die again. That's why we gather today to just say thank you, Lord. Now, I'm going to warn you, I feel like preaching. If, if you, listen, if you can't preach on Resurrection Sunday, go to McDonald's. Can I get a witness? Mark 16, you by live stream, you honor us today by joining us. If you'd like to take your phone and share it on Facebook, we always get hundreds of people that jump on when you share, so you can do that for us today. Mark 16. Verse 1, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Somebody say anoint. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering into the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed, chill, relax. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He has risen. (laughs) An even more accurate translation from the Greek would have been this. He has been raised. In other words, he didn't raise himself, but God raised him up. Hallelujah. 
How many of you know you don't raise by yourself? God has to raise you up. A more accurate translation would have been, he has been made alive again. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Note the sixth verse. I want to go back to the sixth verse. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He has risen. He has been raised. He has been made alive again. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes along these lines, alive again. I wonder if there's anybody here today, he made you alive and you know that you wouldn't be alive without him. Okay, we do radical things here. We even raise our hands. So if you'd like to just slip up your hands and just let's ask the Lord to, to let us walk in this anointing and in this story together. Father, I thank you that we serve a risen Savior. And God, I give you praise for the thousands that are here and the thousands that are across our campuses and online. We're here today to celebrate the fact that we don't think Jesus is alive. We know he is. Hallelujah. And thank you because, Jesus, you're alive again. You can bring anything that died in our life back to life. We give you praise. Now, if you love the risen Jesus, come on, give him a praise. Give him a praise. Okay, precious, you can be seated. What I love about Jesus, y'all, is this. He did die, but he rose again. Never to die again. Because when he rose, y'all, he conquered death. Now, I want to fast forward and get right into this story because this is such an amazing text. In this text, we just read there are three women coming to the tomb. And on their journey, they are talking. And they begin to ask the question, who will roll away the stone for us? And when they arrived, y'all, amazingly, supernaturally, the stone had been rolled away. And an angel is sitting inside the tomb. On the right side, the Bible said, and, and he begins to make a pronouncement. Now, it's noteworthy to me that when you study the Bible, anytime God wanted to release or deliver a special announcement or message, he most often chose an angel. In Genesis, an angel announced the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Judges 13, an angel announced the birth of Samuel. In Luke 1 and 2, angels announced the birth of John, the conception of Jesus, and then eventually the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I know I'm not an angel here today, but I am God's special messenger. And I am here with a special announcement. And the announcement is the devil lost, Jesus won. The grave is empty. Redemption is ours. Hallelujah. <laughs> we, we see two chief angels in the Bible, Gabriel and Michael. Gabriel uh, is the announcing angel, it seems, and Michael is the warring angel. And just one side note about angels here, the Bible promises that he would give his angels, plural, charge over you, 
Some of y'all been so worried about the devil. Do you know when it's all said and done, just one angel is going to come in and get a hold of the devil, just one angel, not even Michael or Gabriel, one angel is going to take the devil, roll him up like a ball and throw him in the lake of fire. Some of y'all been tripping and worried and losing sleep. You need to know that God's got angels dispatched for you right now, for your children and your family. Hallelujah. Now, it's amazing to me because this angel is the first ever to preach the gospel. The first gospel preacher is an angel. The announcement the angel made, y'all, was a literal nuclear bomb to the forces of darkness. The first gospel message wasn't delivered in a cathedral. The first gospel message wasn't delivered in a church. The first gospel message wasn't delivered in a synagogue or a temple. But the first gospel message was delivered in a tomb. Good news in a graveyard. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you that ought to make you rejoice because God can flip the script and cause good news to come anywhere. He'll bring good news into a hospital room. He'll bring good news into a prison cell. He'll bring good news into a crack house. I'm telling you that's the way it is. God can still cause good news to be released in your deadest situations. This is amazing to me because the the gospel in a tomb, good news in a tomb. What's the good news? Jesus is alive. What's the good news? The devil's defeated. What's the good news? We all get to go to heaven. Yeah. We love the Lord and serve him. Now, listen, it's amazing to me this tomb is the place that both received the dead body of Jesus and released him again alive. This tomb received him and released him. He went into the tomb dead. How many of y'all know you don't get no sicker than dead? He went in the tomb dead. He came out alive again. And that gives me so much hope this morning that the very same place of ending can become a place of ultimate new beginnings. Come on now. God will bring life right in the same place you experience death. God can bring life back into your home. He can resurrect a dead marriage, a dead home, a dead destiny. He can cause a dead end to become a highway ramp that you can jump on and see new things happen. God doesn't need a new location in order to do a new thing. He can do a new thing right in a place where you lost it all. He'll walk right in and give it all back to you. Y'all, I'm trying to behave myself. I said right in the place where you lost it all, he'll walk in the room and give it all back to you. Oh, oh! I just need a new location, Pastor Riley. I need new surroundings. No, you just need to put your faith in God that he can do a new thing in an old place. These women now had been eyewitnesses to Jesus being laid in the tomb. They had been faithful to the Lord. They maybe had even helped put him in there. 
Because if you study your Bible, you'll find out that the disciples ran and hid like scared rabbits. The only disciple that was faithful in Jesus' darkest hour was John, the beloved. Every other one had hidden, but there was three faithful women. Hey, don't sleep on the women. Y'all don't make me preach. I said, don't sleep on the women. I wonder if there's any sanctified, blood-bought, devil-binding, healing-declaring. Let me hear from the women who know you got some power. Don't, don't sleep on the women. Oh, I feel this. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, don't sleep on the women. Yeah, the women will follow Jesus when everybody else has given up. There's some women who will stay with Jesus from hell or high water. Thank God for women. Mm. I'm tired of hearing people say, women can't preach. Listen, you better hush your mouth. You better study your Bible. Let me tell you, if a woman can carry the Messiah, they can certainly carry the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. These women are now, they, they, had, they had helped get him in the tomb, most probably, but now they come back and they're eyewitnesses to an empty tomb. They may have helped get him there, but now they're eyewitnesses to an empty tomb. I have a word for somebody. The very same people who saw you dead and maybe even were a part of trying to kill you in your purpose in one place will see you alive and delivered in the same place. Who am I talking to? There's some people who have stood off to the side and preached your funeral and said your children will never be saved. You'll never see a breakthrough. You'll never see a new thing. But I came to tell you those same people will have to watch as the Lord raises you up and gets you ready for a brand new thing. Oh, hallelujah. This tomb was not the benediction of Jesus. You know what a benediction is? It's a closing. This tomb was his commencement. It was an announcement. Oh, hear me in this room. Maybe you feel like some things are over. Maybe the enemy's telling you that it's dead, that relationship, that opportunity, that purpose. But I've come to tell you because of Jesus, the very place of your burial can become the place of your resurrection. Oh, don't get it bent. I said, don't get it bent. My God still changes crucifixions into resurrections. He, he still makes a way. So the first place the gospel is preached is in a tomb. The gospel in a tomb is good news. Good news in a graveyard. It declares that you can walk in dead or be carried in dead and you can walk out alive. It's kind of like our campuses. It's kind of like this building here today. 
Even today, somebody walked in dead in your sin. Even today, somebody walked in dead to the things of God. But before this service is over, you're going to walk out alive in Christ. In the very same place you walked in dead, you're about to walk out alive. Give God praise for all the people that are going to find new life today on all eight campuses. See, the Bible said in Ephesians 2, it said, and you he made alive. Did he make anybody alive? I couldn't make myself alive. I couldn't deliver myself. I couldn't save or sanctify myself. But he made me alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. It says, but God who is rich in mercy. <laughs> Won't he do it? But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together, all of us, with Christ. So by grace are you saved. Now, is there anybody here today grateful to know that there was a day when you were dead in your sins, but today you're alive in Christ? Now, now, I want to talk to the real people. I want to talk to the sure enough safe folk here today. I'm going to come for the, those that are struggling and don't know Jesus, but for just a minute, I need to talk to the sure enough safe folk. Are there any safe folk in here today? Mm. No, I, I'm looking for the born again people. Is there anybody here who you know you were dead in your sins, but today you are alive in Christ? Let, 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 me, let me get a bit, little bit radical. I'm not looking for the ones who came out just kind of barely eased out. I'm not talking to the people who had a parking ticket and didn't pay it. I'm not talking to the people that ate a grape in Publix without paying. No, I'm looking for the sure enough formerly dead people who were sinners. I'm looking for the raunchy and the wretched. I'm looking for the fornicators. I'm, I'm looking for the people that were alcoholics. I'm looking for the people who were so jacked up and bound up. But today, your life has been resurrected and redeemed. I'm looking for the shown up saved people. Oh, come on. Listen, maybe you can't stand because you don't want nobody to know how raunchy you ever been. But you know you used to be a hoochie, but now you're a holy roller. You used to be a crack addict, but now you're a Christ ambassador. You used to... Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, if you knew my story, you would understand my praise. One, two, three, lift him up. Now, just getting started, y'all. Y'all hang with me. So, these women came, and the Bible said they came to anoint Jesus. See, see, I've heard preachers preach that they came to embalm him. No, embalming is an Egyptian tradition and practice. They didn't come to embalm Jesus. They came to anoint him. There's a big difference between embalming and anointing. And I just want to give you one side note here. 
when you're dealing with dead issues and you're struggling in your life, don't connect with people who want to embalm your dead places. Get with people who understand anointing. When I'm struggling, I don't wanna get with somebody who's gonna embalm my struggles. Some people, all they wanna do is embalm your dead marriage and tell you give up on it, it'll never be restored. They wanna embalm your lost potential. They wanna embalm your wayward children. They wanna embalm you in your struggles. They wanna embalm you in your dead issues. When you're in trouble, that's not the person you need. You don't need an embalmer, you need someone who understands the anointing. Because when you understand the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke and it lifts the heavy burden. The anointing brings you breakthrough. It brings you new power. Oh, how many of you are grateful that you're around some people today who understand the anointing? You'll have people trying to embalm you in that trial. Embalm your past. Get around people who know how to pray and who understand the anointing. Now let's go a little deeper. These women came and they had over a hundred pounds of spices and perfumes that they were going to anoint the body of Jesus with. Now normally, listen closely, track with me. A person was anointed before they were placed in the tomb. But because of how Jesus died on the cross in the very late afternoon on Friday, they were just about an hour away from sundown. And sundown actually began Shabbat or the Sabbath. And they were not allowed to do any work on the Sabbath. In fact, if they would have went to the spice market, they wouldn't have been able to buy spices enough and get them there to be able to embalm or to be able to anoint the body of the Lord because there wouldn't have been time because even to anoint his body would have been a very intense thing and it would have taken place right on into Shabbat or the Sabbath and that was literally illegal. So it seemed from first glance that Jesus hit that tomb without any special anointing. But yet when you study Mark 14, there's something called Holy Week. It was Wednesday night. A woman carrying an alabaster box of ointment of anointing, y'all, Jesus, came into the room and they started talking about her. She walks in carrying her spigner, very precious. They said, look who that hoochie thinks she is. How's she coming up in here? Who does she think she is? She, she shouldn't be in here, but she walks on in anyway. And she, she knows they're talking about her because she's a known prostitute. But the Lord had set her free. So I can see her there saying, excuse me, Matthew. Let me step over you, John. Can I get past you, Philip? Let me get through. I'm like, Andrew, would you move out of the way? James, I got to say, I didn't come to see you anyway. I came to see the head, honcho. I came to see the one who changed my life. 
How many of you can say the house is packed, but Jim Rayleigh, I didn't come to see you today. I didn't come to see a preacher. I didn't come to see a worship leader. I came to magnify the king. I came to get... came for Jesus. That's why you can't trip out over somebody's worship. It don't take all that. Don't take all that hollering. Don't take all that shouting, my Lord. I'm, I'm tired of that. Let me tell you something. If God had done for you what he did for her, you might be shouting too. Yeah. You remember in Mark 14, there were those that had indignation, the Bible said, within their hearts. And they said, why was this waste of the ointment made? And Jesus said, you better leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done, she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always and whenever, sir, you wish you can do them good, but me you don't always have. He said, he said, listen, don't miss it. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burying. Verily, verily, I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached through the whole world, what this woman has done shall be spoken unto her. Let me tell you, Jesus was prepared. When he hit that tomb, the Lord had already made a way through the righteous act of worship from a woman that everybody despised. Can I tell you this? It's never a bad idea to worship the Lord. It's never, they can look down on you, they can hate you, but it's never a bad idea. It's never a wrong time to worship. This woman's worship seemed out of place and out of time. But let me tell you, God used her worship. Jesus was already anointed. Say, he was already anointed. Come on, tell everybody in your neighborhood, he was already anointed. Oh, come on, come on. Even already anointed. Before he experienced a single nail, before he had experienced an insult or a stripe on his back, he was already anointed to go through it. And what the devil does not want you to know is child of God, you can be anointed for trouble even before you get in it and be able to survive it because you are prepared. Can you hear me today? Are you in this moment with me? Mama, these women came to anoint Jesus. And it was done out of devotion. They were there when the disciples were still hidden. But they were there out of devotion. They were there to anoint him because they loved him. Now we're going to get real. He ain't moving, but they're still devoted. Their, their hopes are dashed. Their dreams are crushed. But they're still devoted. 
He ain't healing the sick, raising the dead, discharging the dead, or setting the captive free. But they're still devoted. See, that's the real question, child of God. Will you still be devoted when you're not seeing anything you thought you would see? Will you still worship when you're not seeing anything you thought anybody can worship when you've got plenty of money? Anybody can worship when your children are great. Anybody can worship when everybody's perfect. But when you're hanging on to heaven with hell on your back and your family's crumbling and you're say God I don't see you moving but I'm going to worship you because I know what you've already done Uh. are you here that's where you measure devotion is when you say Lord I'm going to trust you when I can't even track you so here's what these women were really attempting to do They were there. Can you stand this now? They were going to the tomb. Here we go. To try to make death smell good. Oh, I'm going to do a little surgery now. It may get a little quiet in here, but people don't talk much during surgery. But tell your neighbor, it's an outpatient procedure. Come on. That means I'm not going to keep you overnight. I'm going to do this surgery and let you go when the service is over. Come on. See, they were there trying to make death smell good. And we're living in a day when far too many people are trying to put perfume on death. Trying to make death smell good. Trying to make like, oh, it's okay, it's all right. I can live any way I want, apostle. I can do anything I want to do. I can sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. I can act in a way I want to act. See, I told y'all it's going to get quiet in here. I'm going to just throw a little perfume on this all good, even though we know that the wages of sin is death and death stinks. We just put a little perfume on it, and it would be bad enough if we did that in the world, but now we're doing it in the church. And I want to tell you that God has not given us the influence that he has given us. God has not opened up cities and churches across the nation for us to come into the community and just put some perfume on death. I'm not interested. Y'all, you can't make death smell good. Oh, here we go. No matter how hard you try, you can't make not protecting the life of the unborn smell good no matter how much social perfume you put on it. You can't make racism smell good no matter how much perfume you put on it. You can't make inequality smell good no matter how much perfume you put on it. Where is the church that knows I'm not here to make death smell good? I gotta do what Jesus did. Jesus didn't make death smell good. He defeated it all together. That's why we're here. I'm I'm in the earth to get on some of y'all's nerves. Have you ever been... (laughs) I better be careful. Have you ever been in a situation where... You smelled the perfume, but there was an underlying. Y'all don't make me come down there. (laughs) Something went down here. I smelled perfume, but just underneath it, something died in this place. Come on, somebody. 
I'm trying to tell you I'm through making death smell good. There's no way that we're going to back down preaching the gospel of hope and grace and mercy and truth. Hallelujah. If you're ready to, to, to rise and be the church and say, Pastor, I don't make death smell good. Preach the truth. If that's you, one, two, three, give God a praise. Now, now I got to move on. These three women came to the garden tomb in the morning. And I want to kind of eavesdrop on their conversation. It gets so real here. Because here's what they said. They said, who will roll away the stone for us? Don't have the strength. Can't do it by ourselves. But supernaturally, when they arrived, the stone was already rolled away. Oh, this, this really isn't in my initial preparation, but I feel like I need to say this. I need to testify and tell somebody there's some things that you're going to encounter, and before you even get to them, I'm talking about in May. I'm talking about in August. I'm talking about in July. I'm talking about this very next week. There's going to be some things you're going to encounter down the line, but when you get there, you're going to find out that the miracle working power of God has already taken care of it for you, and the very thing you thought would be the death of you is God said, oh, I've already taken care of that. I already... How many of you know that God is omnipresent and that God lives, time doesn't move in God, or, or God doesn't move in time, time moves in God. That means God's not bound by time. That means he's already in your tomorrow. He's already in your yesterday. He's right here in your today. Wherever you were, he is. Wherever you are, he is. Wherever you're going, he's all, y'all, this is too deep for you. He's already there, making a way right out of no way. I hear the Lord say, tell them while they're sitting here in April, I'm already shifting things in August. See, we're real good at borrowing pain from our future. Some of y'all so worried about things that never happen. Y'all just hear the Holy Spirit say, tell them to borrow a little praise from their future right now. I dare you, if you believe he's already going before you and making a way, you can give him praise. Who will roll away the stone for us? Who will roll away the stone for us? Who will take care of the problem? Who will deal with the issue? But you don't understand, precious, that the Lord wasn't looking for a toiler. He was looking for a testifier. Y'all, he, he wasn't looking for a worker. He was looking for a witness. How many of you understand that the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out? He walked through walls after his resurrection. The stone was rolled away so they could get in. And they could walk in there and see that he was alive and the tomb was empty. The Lord doesn't need workers more than he needs 
witnesses. He doesn't need toilers. He needs testifiers. Oh, listen, you don't work your way into a good place with God. You don't work your way into salvation. If you try to, you'll be woefully lacking. Nothing we could do could make us worthy. We already established in Ephesians 2 that we are saved by grace. You didn't toil for your salvation. You, you, you didn't work for your salvation. But let me tell you, you certainly should testify about it. If you've been born again, you should testify about it. How many of you know that people in the world don't mind bragging on the works of the enemy? Is there anybody here that's not a closet Christian? Is there anybody here that's saved everywhere you go? God is not looking for workers as much as he's looking for witnesses. Now, I want you to listen to this preaching angel. This preaching angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was, past tense, crucified. He has been raised. You're looking, trying to find him now. He's not even here anymore. He has been raised. Now, now your Bible, most translations say, he is risen. And that's an unfortunate translation from the Greek because the truth is, he is risen implies that he raised himself. But he has been raised tells us that even Jesus didn't raise up by himself. God did it. I said God did it. If you've been raised out of anything that should have become your tomb, you need to announce it to everybody in your neighborhood. Say God did it. Yeah, yeah, I should have died in that sin. I should have died in that rebellion. I should have died in that trouble. I shouldn't be here today. If you've been raised out of anything that should have become your tomb, let's give him a radical praise right now, a radical praise. Tell everybody on your road, say God did it. Hey, I said, say God did it. Y'all, I'm trying to behave myself, but I feel the old time preacher trying to get on me today. I feel that head rocking, crack delivering, child saving, real deal, Holy Ghost anointing in here. God did it. Push your neighbor. The hair falls off. If it's good hair, put it in your purse and take it on home with you. But tell your neighbor, say, God did it. I didn't get here by myself. God did it. I didn't redeem myself. God did it. I didn't deliver myself. God did it. And he's still doing it. And because Jesus got up one day, every dead person who died in the Lord is going to get up. That means if Jesus tarries because his tomb is empty, one day your tomb will be too. And watch this. 
the tomb of Jesus, I've been there, the garden tomb many times. And the tomb of Jesus is not famous because it's full. Y'all, don't make me come down there. I said, it ain't famous because it's full. We go to these tombs. We want to see where President Kennedy was buried. We want to see where this star was buried. And you say, there they are, dead, dead. And you just go to the tomb because somebody famous is buried in the tomb. Let me tell you, the tomb of Jesus is not famous because it's empty or because it's full. It's famous because it's empty. It's not famous because somebody's sitting in it. It's famous because it's empty. This tomb is famous because ain't nobody in it. The songwriter said it best. He said, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Let me get real with you. Y'all, I'm trying to land this plane. But we wouldn't be packed out today. We wouldn't be running over on our campuses. We cause traffic jams on Google Maps. We cause traffic. There's red lines. People couldn't get off the interstate. You wouldn't have fought all this to get here today if you didn't believe that Jesus is alive. But you're in the room right now because you believe the tomb is empty. The tomb is famous because nobody's in it. I said the tomb is famous because nobody is in it. See, see, the best way to prove something is alive is when it moves. Some of y'all ain't moved yet. But for everyone who knows today that he got up, and he is alive again, we are, we are moved. Don't, don't get too upset about my praise, I'm just moved. Don't get too upset about my worship, I'm just moved. Is there anybody who feels moved today because you know that Jesus is alive? Uh, let me tell you, the devil thought he had won for sure. He thought he had defeated the, the, the Lord for sure. He thought he had finally done it. We got him now. We'll rob humanity. We got him now. Everything precious to Jesus, we'll take it. We, we got him now. And the devil was progressing along pretty good. Y'all know he was causing and inspiring people to abuse Jesus, to lacerate and emaciate and abuse his precious body. And it seemed like the devil was doing good. Stripes on his back. It seemed like the devil was doing good. Plucking out his beard, spitting on him, crown of thorns. It seemed like the devil was doing pretty good. But then Jesus laid down on that cross. Some of y'all say, well, the Jews took the life of Jesus. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You say the Romans took the life of Jesus. No, I beg to differ. Jesus said, no man take my life. He he said, I'll lay it down, and if I lay it down, I'll pick it up again. The devil, I feel like preaching. The devil was pressing along pretty good. Jesus laid on the cross, and he took nail prints, nails in his hands and in his feet, and it seemed like the devil was doing everything he wanted to do, but he messed around, and he lifted Jesus up on that cross. He, he, he would have done good had he not lifted him up. But when he lifted him up, Jesus had just said at weeks before, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men under me. Devil, you messed up because you lifted him up. 
and when he was lifted up, uh, he's on that cross and he dies. And he said, it is finished. Paid to day. Paid in full. I took care of it all. And then they took him down and they buried him in a borrowed tomb. You say, Pastor, you sure it was borrowed? Yes, it was. The only time you borrow something is when you're planning on giving it back. The only time you borrow something is when you know it's temporary. The only time you borrow something is when you're planning on releasing it back. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you, they buried him in a borrowed tomb. People looked at it, Joseph of Arimathea and said, son, what have you done? You gave your tomb away. Joseph said, ain't no big deal. Just kind of a weekend thing. On the third day, Jesus kicked the end out of that tomb. He is alive today, never to die again. Oh, if you believe he's alive again, get a little bit rowdy in the room right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Y'all sit down. He rose in power. Come on now. The Bible said the same Lord that ascended also descended. He went wherever the devil was. He, he, the Bible said the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. I believe he shook those gates asunder. But somehow I can see Jesus encountering the devil and gave him a flying drop kick. Come on, somebody. The atomic elbow, come on. Humiliated the devil, reached down and took the keys to death and hell and rose. I said he took the keys to death and hell, snatched, stinger out of the gra- snatched the stinger out of the grave, took the keys to death and hell. I don't know why I was so scared of the devil. He ain't even got keys to his own place. Come on, y'all. Y'all sweating somebody who don't even have access to his own place. It doesn't matter how dead it is. It doesn't matter how impossible it may seem. It doesn't matter how cold it feels. God can bring it back. He'll bring back your hopes and your dreams. He'll bring back your purpose and your destiny. I am a living witness that it can all be brought back to life again. I'm going to ask you something. Would you do this as a favor to me? In just a few moments, we're going to allow people to have a real encounter with Jesus. The temptation is going to be, I'm going to rush out. But I would ask you, even if you're our guest, we're so glad that you're here. I'm so thankful that you came. But... Riverbend's already beat us to the Cracker Barrel, y'all. They, they, 
Come on now. Tomoka's already there. They're there. We here. I would ask you not to rush out. I hate to see people rush out when redemption is rushing in. Is there anybody here today who has a testimony? I want you to watch this. Come on, y'all. Cardboard testimonies. Mama. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, church. Come on, y'all. Come on, give God a praise. in our sins but now we are all alive again oh if he brought you back to life give him praise if he brought you back to life, give him praise. I said, if he brought you back to life, give him praise. I said, if he brought you back to life, give him praise. Thank you, guys. I, I, I stand before you today. Some of you know my story. I've been, we've been pastoring here now for 25 years. Can you imagine that? 
And it's like we're gaining momentum, taking ground. I give God praise. I'm the most unlikely one to stand up here and lead this house and have any kind of anointing to be called an apostle or anything else. But I once was dead, but I'm alive again. I'm living my message. I was abused in every way that you can imagine. I was told I would never amount to anything. I struggled with addiction. I was a perpetual deceiver. I was so far from God. I was broken into a million pieces. But today I stand before you and I'll tell you that if he can raise me out of it, he can raise anybody out of it. Everybody's standing to your feet right now. I feel the Holy Spirit in here. I feel Jesus walking right into this room. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Pastor, there's dead issues. I've got dead problems. I, I feel like I'm dead in my sins and I would love a new beginning. I would love to experience in this same place, the place where I failed to become the place of my success, the place where I lost it all, become the place where I get it all back, the, the place of my defeat become my place of victory. God doesn't need a new location. God can do it right here. So with heads bowed and eyes closed and the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. If you're here and you'd say, Apostle, there's things in my life that ought not be there. There's things that alienate me and separate me from the Lord. And when you pray, Apostle, pray for me. Because I need this new beginning. I don't, I don't want to die in my sin. There's sin in my life. I'm tired of it. I need a fresh start. Apostle, since you're praying anyway, pray for me. There's some things in my life that have kept me from the Lord. And if you're going to pray, pray for me. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but if you're not where you need to be with the Lord, here or online, when I count to three, raise your hands. Pray for me, Apostle. One, remember me. Two, I'm not where I need to be. Three, slip up your hand right now across the room. Pray for me. Pray for me. I got things I need to get under the blood. I'd like to leave here with a brand new beginning. How about it? I see you in the overflow. I see you up in, in the balcony. Hallelujah. Just pray for me, Pastor. Just remember me. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you raise your hand up, hold it up and keep it up. Come on. You're not ashamed. Five, four, three. Hands are still being raised. I see you. Two. I see you over there. Thank you, honey. I see you, sir. Two. I see your family. Come on. Two, one. Now, if you raised your hand and you really meant it, don't, 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 don't put it back down now. Just hold it up. Now, if somebody next to you has their hands up, we're going to take this step because sometimes your breakthrough is found in your willingness to step out. And I promise you won't come by yourself. If you raised your hand and you really meant business and you want new beginnings in your life, 
There'll be hundreds of people that will come in our services. If you're ready for a new beginning, I want you to make a move to come right now. Now listen, if somebody's standing beside you and they raise their hand and they're apprehensive about coming, you get them by the hand and you bring them. If somebody needs to come, you move back in your seat. Make it easy now. Let's make it easy. Hey, the lost are coming. Let's make it easy. Those that need new life are coming. They're flooding in from the balcony now. Come on. They're flooding in from across the room. Come on. Come on. Here they come, y'all. Here they come. It's open now. Heaven opened up. Heaven opened up. I don't care what's dead. I don't care what you've been dealing with. Come on. Y'all better rejoice. Here they come. I wish I could hear from the saved folk who are glad to see the lost folk. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You're going to leave here with new life. You're going to leave here with new beginning. I'm going to wait on you. I got to wait on you. I got to wait on you. The altar is open in this house. Come on, young person. The altar is open in this house. Come on, mother. Spread them out. Spread them out. Come on, get them up here. Get them up here. Christian, help us. Anderson, y'all help us get these people to the front. Spread them across the front. Y'all, they're still coming. 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 Y'all make room for them. Jackie, help these people get on down to the front. They're still coming. Oh, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Here they come. Here they come. New life in Jesus. New beginnings in Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, here they come. Y'all, I'm not going to stop because they are just streaming down right now. They are streaming down. Do you have a minute for redemption to get in the room? Do you have a minute for redemption to get in the room? Oh, come on, family. Y'all, I'm sorry. Maybe you want me to finish this up, but I can't stop. Bring that young man. Bring that young man to Jesus. I said, bring that young man to Jesus. There's a father bringing a young man to Jesus. Bringing to Jesus. Oh. Oh, here comes a sweet family right now. Y'all, I'm not going to apologize. Y'all come right on. Y'all come right on. Let me tell you, heaven is rejoicing right now. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can visit calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.